Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast, broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjoegalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. I'll alert you, there is a new YouTube video we posted earlier this week. It is on acetaminophen, Tylenol, liver toxicity, concerns, especially this time of the year, holiday time, people by accident overdose on acetaminophen or Tylenol. And the article in the video goes into it in detail. But I would say take a look at that from our social media offering. Now, tonight on the program, we are going to dedicate ourselves to the Mediterranean diet. It's something we have spoken about before, but a lot has has gone on recently. I've done some talks. I gave a TED Talk a couple of weeks ago when we talked about diet and nutrition and obesity. And so I thought, let's dust off the topic of Mediterranean diet. What is it? Do you all know? And uh, coming on in just a few minutes is, is Lauren Mahesri, our registered dietitian. Lauren has been on the program before. She's our registered dietitian at our practice, Liver Specialist of Texas. So she'll enlighten all of us uh, on that. But with regard to nutrition and the Mediterranean uh, diet, it it all starts. Now, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I will. I have the microphone. I'm going to give it a whack. It, it has to do with our attitudes towards food. And I would say much of our problems related to food and nutrition and chronic disease and diabetes, heart disease, stroke, cancer, fatty liver, cirrhosis, a lot of it starts the second you walk in the grocery store. It's not necessarily a genetic disorder, something you're born with, something that you inadvertently caught. This is something that happens when you step in the market. Now, Going back to 1975, there were about 9,000 different food products that you could buy in your typical supermarket. Today, that number is over 50,000 different types of products. The vast majority are baked goods, condiments, sauces, and dressings. There is not a better cucumber. There is not a larger produce area. It is all this frozen, manufactured, processed foods. And that is the problem. Now, with processed foods, people will say, well, it's convenient. It is easy. And it supports, I would say, the rush lifestyle that we've created. And so we have created this problem, and the food manufacturers are sitting there saying, hey, everybody is busy. Nobody wants to cook. Let's feed them and sell them all of this garbage. Well, fast forward over the past 20 years, 30 years, we're overweight, dying early, and our kids are dying early. And they're all plagued with chronic disease. So for all of you 
And I say this to my patients, my neighbors, relatives. You have to see the connection between diet and wellness. And that's sort of where Mediterranean diet fits in. It's, it's a diet. It is a lifestyle that breeds wellness. You have to see the connection between diet, medical disorders, and life expectancy. There's a great program I would say take a look at. It's on Netflix, and it has to do with the Blue Zones, How to Live to 100. Now, I received a text today from my cousin, Lauren. Lauren Galati, though she is married, will still use Galati. And in her text, she came back from France with her husband. And she said, basically, you're going to enjoy this. And her impression on the food. And she realized it's very Mediterranean, the diet over there in, in Paris. Nobody is overweight. They felt fabulous all week and came home feeling good, not weighed down like they've eaten for two weeks. They barely ate any processed food. The portions are smaller. There's a lot of olive oil. That's sort of the hallmark of the Mediterranean diet. And seasoning to bring out the flavor of the food. Everybody walks everywhere, and a lot of people live in a walk-up apartment. So they're exercising. Fresh veggies, fruit stands on every corner, and a totally different way of living. All right, Lauren, our radio registered dietitian, is going to be coming on in just a minute. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, go to drjoegalati.com. Thank you, Lauren, for that, uh, that text message today, my dear cousin. All right, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back, everybody. Dr. Joe Galati. If you want to send me an email, very easy. Radio at drjoegalati.com. Radio at drjoegalati.com. And don't forget, our website is drjoegalati.com. And as I was saying earlier, we're going to be spending time on the Mediterranean diet. Lauren Mahesri is on the line, I hope. Lauren, how are you tonight? I'm good, as always. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking on this. All right. Well, people are probably sitting there tonight at home, Mediterranean diet. I've heard about it. I'm not quite sure. I think I read a book on it. Coming from an expert, Lauren, tell everybody what the Mediterranean diet is. What what does it include? Yeah, it definitely is everywhere on social media, on the news, and I'm happy that it's getting a lot of attention. But yeah, we do want to get really clear on what the definition is so that you know kind of what directions to take first. So the Mediterranean diet is kind of a way of eating traditionally based out of the Mediterranean area. So uh-huh. that's where it gets its name from. But the diet really does include mostly whole foods. Right. So it really focuses on a variety of fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, nuts and seeds, olive oil, like you mentioned earlier. And then, of course, a lot of seasoning, herbs and spices are are highly encouraged. So there's really no one definition, but it's a mainly whole food, unprocessed diet made out of those, uh, those types of foods I just said. Right. Now, it tends to be a little heavier on fish versus red meat. What What's your take on that? Correct. Yeah. So it mainly relies on healthy types of fats. And when I say healthy types of fats, that's just 
unsaturated fats. Right. So you might've heard about, you know, fish is, has an omega-3, which omega-3s are incredible for our cardiovascular health, liver health, brain health. So it really does rely on the types of proteins either being low fat, so low fat dairy or just low fat meats, but making sure that those meats have healthy forms of fats in them like the fish. So it really does uh, put in moderation those red meats. Right, right. Now, both of us and many people in the food, nutrition, and, and health space, we'd rather not tell a patient or the community to eat a particular diet. And over the last 25 years or so or more, we've been blasted with the Atkins diet, keto, uh, et cetera. And, and some may be saying, oh, now it's, you know, we have to eat the Mediterranean diet. But I would say from a scientific standpoint, there is pretty good research that shows you'll have a healthier heart reduce certain cancers, your mood and uh, lower risk of depression, lower risk of neurodegenerative disease, lower type 2 diabetes. And so while it, by definition, we're using the word diet, clinically, it, it staves off a lot of chronic problems that we have to deal with. Right. And I'm so glad you brought that point up of, you know, I would right on the same page of usually I recommend patients against doing some sort of trend or a diet because there's the implication there that there's one day i'm not going to do this said diet or trend right right um, but i i really do think the mediterranean diet it's not there's kind of things some things that set it apart it's not restrictive that's one but then also there it's not this one little gotcha element that they're changing think right. of the other diets in the past there's one macro that we're changing. It's either low fat or low carb, or there's kind of one thing that they're promising you. If you do this one thing with your diet, intermittent fasting, the list right. goes on, um, then all of these wonderful health treasures will be unlocked for you. But that's why I love the Mediterranean diet. It's because it's not like this, you know, one thing that they're adjusting. It really is saying the key is moderation. The key is a variety of whole foods. It's not super restrictive. And you're right. I and mean, we're seeing some really, really promising data on this. I mean, some of the studies are looking at, especially a lot of the studies are studying women, which is awesome because there's not a lot of, of uh, really great data on diet and women and what diet is affecting women the most. But we're seeing almost 25% reduction in cardiovascular right. disease. Sure. So pretty incredible stuff for sure. Yeah. And, and as my cousin, Lauren... I, I almost like drew a blank there. I said, wait a second, Lauren, but Lauren's coming on, but yeah. Lauren's my cousin. And but anyway, as she as she noted, and it was more you know, she's she's a, a, a bright woman and it wasn't as if this was a revelation for her, I, I don't believe. But it was like um they don't eat processed food there. And we have all become so programmed to think that a a very big chunk of our diet is processed. But when you look at this Mediterranean approach, there's nothing processed here. It is that whole food, plant-based with some fish, some meat on the side. And so the, the fact that you are subtracting or eliminating all of that processed food makes it all the more healthier. Right. And I think when people hear that too, it can be a little bit overwhelming at first of, 
you know, if, if I'm starting with a mainly processed meal or diet in general, it's like, okay, how do I start this thing? What do right. I eat now? Because you've just taken away my main food groups that I'm right. eating. Yeah. So I think simplifying a little bit and saying, okay, some steps, some really, really easy things that I can try one at a time to ease my way into the Mediterranean diet. For example, just making sure there's a fruit or vegetable at every single one of your meals. Right. Don't skip a snack or a meal where there's not a fruit or vegetable. Right. Second is, you know, anytime you are choosing a carbohydrate, try to make that a whole grain or a high fiber version of that carbohydrate, basically. Um, Switching cooking oils is a huge, easy one. Just switch from your regular oil, butter, to something like olive oil or avocado oil. Right. Uh, Rotating in seafood throughout the week is a really easy one. You know, have seafood two to three times a week. Um, And then making sure all of your proteins are, are lower fat as well. So there's some easy steps. It doesn't have to be like quite an elimination diet. That's the point. It's a little bit easier to, uh, to go into the Mediterranean diet. Right. Right. And so other, you know, just as a side note, I mentioned this, uh, blue zone show on Netflix, which I would highly, highly recommend if you, if you're taking a little bit of time off over Thanksgiving, you got family in, this would be a great show to watch with your family. But in particular, they study the, um, Okinawans in Japan, one of their main foods is this purple sweet potato. And sweet potatoes or potatoes in general have been uh, sort of uh, given a bad name. And here they're saying that this food is uh, making up over 60% of their calories and they're living to 100. How, how How do you respond to that? Right. I mean, we have to think about, that's why I always, I hesitate to answer questions from patients when they ask me, you know, is this food good or bad, right? They're they're wanting us to put a label on a particular food. And I have to sit there and say, okay, well, how much are we eating of it? And how are we preparing it, right? Right. This purple sweet potato that they're eating is much different than the double fried uh, (laughs) french fries that we are eating, right? So we have to think of, you know, how much and what type is, is huge. But also the the lifestyle parts of the Mediterranean diet are often underrated. I mean, people are wanting just a yes and no food list, but we have to think of the lifestyle things that are making these foods uh, so different. So for example, community meals is a huge part of the Mediterranean diet, eating foods with your family and friends, which I know you talk about quite a bit. Regular exercise movement is is just as a part of Mediterranean diet as is the foods we're talking about. Uh, And then also, this kind of idea just in general of moderation that is a huge through line through the entire diet. So I think it's quantity, I think it's quality, but also these lifestyle things that we need to counter in as as well. No, no, exactly. All right, Lauren, we're going to take a quick break here for the news. Um, We are talking with Lauren Mahesri, our um, fine registered dietitian at Liver Specialists of Texas. And I, I, I truly think that We have to take steps to increase our understanding of this. All right. News and weather coming up. Dr. Joe Galati. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Joe Galati. Thanks for tuning in on this Sunday evening. Hopefully you're taking a little bit of time to recover from the weekend. And then we have Thanksgiving on Thursday. So a lot going on. But try to... Keep a focus on your health, putting your health first. All right, we're back with Lauren Mahesri, our registered dietitian at 
work, and I have the pleasure of working side-by-side side with her every day. And Lauren, I would say we both see a lot of sick patients with liver disease, and it's always um, it's sad. It's sad to see them. And we try our best, but with your experience, what would you share tonight with everybody on how we can adopt a healthier look at what we eat? That, that's the million-dollar question, I think, but what's, what's your gestalt on that? Right. I think you're absolutely right. That is a huge thing that we want to tackle is the mindset shift. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we talk a lot with our patients and with each other as the care team of, what is their readiness for change, right? Because we know based off of what's going on with you know, their body and their condition and their illness, that there is a need for change in their lifestyle. So I think what you mentioned earlier is a huge component that is kind of looked as a, as a no-brainer, but I think I see people fall into this trap over and over again of right. looking for something like a diet that is going to be short-term or you know, I'm giving up sugar for 30 days, or I'm doing fill in the blank for 30 days. Right. And while that can be a wonderful you know, jumpstart to a health journey, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if you are making a plan to do anything, it needs to be something you can do for the rest of your life, which is sure overwhelming in the beginning. But I think to what you mentioned about you know, the reason we go to these processed foods is because they're convenient and we right. don't wanna sacrifice our time or our money But I take through patients all the time this process of, well, every time you make a decision, especially with food, you know, we're sacrificing something. We are either sacrificing our time, our money, or in a lot of cases, our health. So if you're sitting through the drive-thru thinking, I don't want to sacrifice my time, this is kind of what I have to do, then think to yourself, there's still a sacrifice somewhere. You are still sacrificing something, which is your health at the end of the day. So just picking something different to sacrifice, I think is a good way to think of it, of like, you know, today I'm going to sacrifice 30 minutes on a Sunday to meal prep my proteins for the week. The sacrifices I can't, you know, watch football or whatever it is, but right. we've got to make a sacrifice somewhere. I think is the mental shift we've got to do. Right. And it, again, the, the biggest challenge we see, everybody that's taking care of sick patients and so much of what we see is a nutrition and food related disease it is diabetes, it is heart disease, it is hypertension, kidney disease, and of course, fatty liver that we see. There is a food component to all this. We cannot deny that. The patients cannot deny that. The And, and again, we're not in the business of blame, but the diet people have followed for many years is the reason they're sitting here with, with you or me. And when we, when we tell patients that we have to, in, in a sense, wean people off or almost detox them off of the processed food, the microwave meals mm-hmm. that they are used to, and you give them an alternative to say Mediterranean. Let's go to fresh fruits and vegetables, olive oil, the nuts and the beans and fish. They almost look at us as if that is an insurmountable challenge for them. What do you say to them or what do you say to everybody tonight that's listening that may be saying, yeah, I sort of fall in that category. Right. And I think it is a lot to educate yourself about all of these things all at once. But kind of like what we talked about before, I mean, the Mediterranean diet can be a little bit overwhelming because it's not that, oh, just cut this one thing out, right? I think we go to those diets because the simplicity of it all. 
But I think like what we talked about before of trying to do one thing at a time, right? Maybe every week you set a new goal of, okay, I'm going to switch all my oils this week. Right. And the next week I'm going to go to, I'm going to eat fish, you know, three times a week. And then the next week is I'm going to make sure I have a half of my plate is vegetables for all of my meals. Right. So having something a little concrete and saying, okay, stepwise, I'm going to make my diet better and better. That's what is going to create more of a lifestyle. And it's going to make it this less of kind of this overwhelming eating healthy cloud that's over there. That's far away. Right. Making these kind of stepwise approaches, which is what's helpful about working with a registered dietitian, because they can look at your lifestyle and kind of meet in the middle and say, okay, it's not just about knowing what to do. It's how to get there is the whole battle, right? If getting there was easy, I would not have a job every day. So right. it is it is the stepwise approach of let's try one thing at a time that I know that I can do for the rest of my life. Right. And and I look at it like any other condition, you're not going to be able to turn around diabetes in one visit. It's going to take right. months, many months to unravel that knot. And the same thing for the food. You 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 showed up here because of a certain lifestyle and, and series of habits, we are very understanding that it's going to take a, a, a long time to sort of rewire the circuitry. A, a couple of, I'll say, rapid-fire questions for you. Uh, how do we make people better cooks or more comfortable in the kitchen? Because it, it breaks my heart when they say, yeah, I know I should eat better. I'd like to eat vegetables, but I don't know how to cook. What What do you say to them? That's a great question. And I think the biggest thing is simplify your meals. Right. I think the thing that gets really overwhelming is if you're telling people to, you know, eat at home most nights of the week or every night, and I have six different recipes that have 20 different ingredients, and now I've just spent a fortune at the grocery store, and there's this bottle of whatever ingredient that I only use for this one recipe, you know, it can get confusing when the recipes are so complex. So really, really when people are trying to start eating at home or cooking a little bit more often, I tell them to simplify their meals with the plate method. So although it's kind of an oversimplification sometimes of, of what meals can look like, having your meal and also your groceries cart reflect half of it being a vegetable, right. a quarter of it being a low fat protein, a quarter of it being a carbohydrate that has some fiber in it. So simplification is also huge. And again, start small. Start by learning how to cook chicken. There is a million recipes and YouTube videos and all those sorts of things of of taking you through just chicken. Let's master chicken and let's do it via the plate method and let's move on to shrimp after that. You know. So I think simplifying it can really, really help us not get overwhelmed with like, I need to you know, learn all these complex, complex cooking methods and cook with a million ingredients at once. No, no, no. And, and, and I would say if you have a good frying pan or skillet, a knife and a cutting board, you could, you could really master just about anything. So Lauren, in, in, in the last minute, last word on Mediterranean diet, how to motivate our audience to think about the Mediterranean diet and ease into it. Yeah, great question. And I think with the Mediterranean diet, one, it is very holistic. It is, like we said, plant-based. It is whole food. And I think the main pushback I get from from patients and from people when talking about this is, oh, I don't have time or I don't have the resources to make this food. And I always tell people, if, if your feedback is, I don't have time, it's not that you don't have time, it's that you're not convinced it's worth your time yet. Right. So really with, with having time to cook these meals, 
again, it's the sacrifice somewhere. So knowing that we do have time, um, everything is a choice with making those meals. And the research that we have on this diet is, is kind of unbeatable. And it's a very, very holistic, lifelong approach right. that I don't think will leave you in this yo-yo kind of restrictive dietary trend. So I think it's an incredible route to go for sure. Perfect. All right, Lauren. Well, look, I will see you tomorrow. And I will, at the end of the program, I'll leave your contact info so people can get in touch if they need some nutritional support. But as yes, always, Lauren, thank you. We'll see you soon. Thanks. All right. Final segment coming up. I am going to be continuing on the Mediterranean diet, but we're going to talk about the dashboard. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Raising your health IQ one listener at a time. You're tuned in to your health first, Dr. Joe Galati. Our website, drjogalati.com. And I want to thank Laura Mahesri for coming on. If you want to connect with her, nutritional evaluation, dietary issues, weight loss, diabetes, whatever it may be, the easiest way, if you go to drjogalati.com, there is a contact tab and you can submit a message and our team will see it and get you connected to Lauren. So drjogalati.com contact and in the message say, Hey, I need some help with my nutrition. That would be, that would be fine. All right. Final segment here. And what I want to try to do in one hour is so constraining to get all this information in, but we have about eight minutes or so. What I want to do is have you all start thinking about 2024 from a health and wellness standpoint. If you read the ads, they have you planning your your bonus, your life insurance, your retirement for the year. Okay, that's all good. If you're not healthy, all of that is a waste. So we need to concentrate on the health. We talked about the Mediterranean diet. The elements of the Mediterranean diet as a reminder. Fresh fruit, big on citrus, vegetables, healthy fats, olive oil, nuts, legumes, or beans, mostly fish, modest amounts of meat, poultry, um, and it's that lifestyle. It is the exercise. It is the community. It is meals together. Looking at that Blue Zones show I was telling you about on Netflix, in Sardinia, they found that the people that lived in the steepest towns, which meant they had to climb up hills, were the healthiest. So what does that tell you? Get outside and climb hills. Walk the hills. Get outside and move. The foods to avoid on the Mediterranean diet. So you know what to eat. You know what to, you know, when you go to HEB this weekend or this week, you know you need more fruit, citrus, vegetables, nuts, beans, healthy fats. Buy a bottle of olive oil. Get some fish. The things to stay away from, foods with added sugar. Hello, that is processed. Stay away from syrup, baked goods, refined grains, breads, pasta. Now, pasta is not bad on its own. 
but the chips and the crackers. The trans fats that are in margarine, fried food, other processed food. Processed meats, sausage, hot dogs, deli meats, beef jerky. Highly processed food. These are things, fast food, convenience meals. Uh, We're snacking ourselves to death. We are sipping ourselves to death, and it is processed foods. So nowhere in the Mediterranean diet in any of these countries are they saying, yeah, you could go to Jack in the Box once in a while. That's not the case. All right, so how do you plan for 2024? This is sort of my guideline. The first thing is, and I've, I have mentioned this before, but we've re-updated it. It is to know your personal dashboard. Now, we created a document on Facebook. If you go to at drjoegalati.com on our, our Facebook page, it is the dashboard. There are five things I would like you all to know. Some are simple. Some take a little bit of work. You need to know your weight. (coughs) You need to know your blood pressure, your cholesterol, your blood glucose, and your hemoglobin A1C, which is an average of about 50 days of what your blood sugar has been, and your liver test, your ALT. Any of these, or all of them, if abnormal, may be a sign an early warning sign of some obesity-related complication leading to heart disease, diabetes, liver disease, kidney disease. Maybe you'll be at risk for cancer. But knowing these is key. Now, the follow-up to that is you need to talk with your physician. If any of these five things are abnormal, and statistically, 75-80% of the population is overweight or obese, So that's okay. Talk with your physician about what is the problem? How are we going to work this up? How are we going to address it? The second thing for 2024 is to have a conversation with your physician and your care team, be it nurse practitioner, PA. Are there, and and you have to be very, very pointed on this. What medications can I get off of? If you're on five medicines, how do you subtract one? How do I get off two medicines? Do I really need that? Is there something I could do from a lifestyle standpoint to get me off of a medicine? Is there an alternative? Now, if you are being treated for a particular condition on a particular medicine, what is the long-term complication of that disease? You need to know that. You need to be motivated to say, "Uh, are you telling me that I could intervene myself and not just pop a pill. The pill mentality has got to go. And another pointed question, and these are hard questions to have, what are we doing to manage this? What are you doing, Dr. X, to manage my hypertension, my diabetes? Is it strictly just take the drug, be quiet, and get a refill every month? Or is it you have to exercise, you have to eat better, maybe go on the Mediterranean diet? And is there a role for a second opinion? Do not feel like you're going to insult your doctor if you ask for a second opinion. The last thing, again, this is going to tie into the Mediterranean diet. Take inventory of the food you've eaten over the past week or weeks or the last month. How many meals have you eaten out? 
I doubt you are getting anything close to Mediterranean if you're eating out. You're probably eating processed. Where are you eating? How many meals from scratch have you made? Now, again, similar to what Lauren was saying, in a sense, we have dumbed down the role of food. We just make eating food a check-the-box activity. Oh, it's lunchtime. I got to eat. Check. Dinner time. Hey, who's going to get food tonight? Oh, you're going you're gonna to pick it up? Okay, fine. Check. We got dinner. No thought into what we're eating. And the quality suffers and your health suffers. And we've set the bar very low for food. And that's what's heartbreaking. So we need to reduce the meals out, more meals in the house. But they have to be nutritious. Learn how to cook. Learn how to prepare simple meals. Get your kids and your spouse, significant other, roommates involved. A ton of resources. And we have to make the time. Because the alternative of bad health, chronic disease, being sick, is nothing you really want to look forward to, all right? So start slow. Just learn how to cook one vegetable, then two vegetables, then a full plate of them. Learn how to cook fish. A lot of people don't know how to cook fish. I grew up in a house where we cooked fish all the time. Cooking fish to me was second nature. For others, they just knew how to throw a steak on the grill. But you have to realize these are skills you need to develop to support your health. And finally, there has to be this light that goes off, realizing that if you or your spouse or significant other are ill or your kids are ill, the long-term complications, shortened life expectancy is just not good. All right, that wraps it up. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. It's a big eating day. Try to keep it in moderation. Watch the alcohol. And we'll see you next Sunday night. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.